Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia Pacific stocks are trading lower this morning as investors await the reopening of China's markets following a week long holiday. Tokyo is down 1%. Seoul and Sydney are both trading down about two thirds of a percent. Investors are also closely monitoring the situation in Ukraine as the US is warning that an invasion by Russia may be imminent. Joining me now as we break down all the market action, welcome back up to your break, Ryan Huang. Hey, glad to be back. It's a good start to Monday. Wonderful. All right, let's start this morning with stories of two mergers and acquisitions, one in the United States, the other here in Singapore. Now, the companies in question make exercise bikes, produce sorghum and run backbacker hostels. They seem an unlikely bunch to group together, don't they? But both deals are creating a fair amount of buzz in markets and they both could run into some unexpected hurdles. I'm going to start with the story in the US where shares of internet-connected bike maker Peloton shot up on Friday amid news of a possible takeover. Peloton was a real darling of the pandemic era, but its business has fallen on hard times as of late and people People started venturing back into gyms and other activities. So it shares down more than 80% over the past year. But things have changed somewhat. Ryan, who might be interested in Peloton? Yeah, it's turning quite interesting for this exercise bike maker. And a few names are being thrown into the ring. You've got the likes of Amazon. Nike and even Apple. And it's interesting because uh, this was the darling of the store market when we had COVID-19. And then, of course, like you pointed out, it started to turn with restrictions being lifted. People just not being at home as much to exercise. And that has really dented the business model where it's pretty much selling bikes and expensive bikes to boot. So people just holding back on those big purchases of those um, feature-rich bikes where you've got them connected to your devices and so on and so forth. And now Peloton's share price has suffered as a result in the past few months. So much so, it has become more attractive for potential bidders. So you are looking at a few names possibly circling around Peloton to snap it up. Like Nike and Apple and Walt Disney, right? And yeah, even so Amazon. those are interesting names because you can think of the uh, potential synergies that might happen. If you've mm. got Nike in the mix, you could connect it to your Nike devices. So it becomes a bit of an ecosystem play there. Um, and of course, Apple it has been trying to go into healthcare for quite some time. So that could be an interesting play. Um, the one for Amazon is going to be a bit puzzling because the synergies there are not as strong, even though they have also been trying to go into healthcare. Um, so it is still all at early stages of discussions. No one has really gone into um, the advanced stages of talks yet. So it could all just um, be back to status quo and square one for Peloton, uh, which has been trying to turn around its business for quite some time. And even um, its CEO is under pressure and could be facing the door, the exit door, if they don't turn around the business soon. Yeah, well, the news is good news. In the meantime, it seemed to be good for sentiment regarding Peloton, whose shares rallied as much as 40% on the takeover news on Friday. But the deal may not be as straightforward as it seems. Now, why is that? Yeah, so it is going to be a huge deal when it comes to the size of the deal. And as you would have known following the headlines, anything that's too big to swallow... 
um, for regulators is mm. going to mean potential scrutiny, more scrutiny than usual, and just more obstacles to get by because uh, you've got all these concerns about you know, being too big for regulatory concerns. For example, if you have so much control of data, you could just you know, use things for the wrong reasons or for doubtful reasons, as you've seen with what happened to Facebook and many other tech names. So that has seen recently the FCC or the Federal Trade Commission recently suing to block the deal to acquire uh, NVIDIA. And that is something they uh, will continue to focus on, as we've seen in many countries. Mm -hmm. The tech regulations starting to be tighter in China, in Europe and in the US. So anything related with tech, privacy, data, it's all going to be a bit harder to get approved if they do actually get a deal done on the table. Let's take a closer look at Peloton's bounce on news that it may have some active suitors. An activist investor has been pressing Peloton's board to sell the company. Peloton's share price had dropped so much in recent months that it had fallen below its 2019 IPO price. Friday's rally brings the share price back above water, but not by much. Okay, so you wanted to add to that. Yeah, I've got this interesting name that is in the mix. Mm. Walt Disney. I know, I was going to ask you, where do you see synergies there? Yeah, I'm thinking about this bike that could maybe have a screen and you have to cycle to power up the screen to watch your Disney+. Plus. Will that work for you? <laughs> I have it on, on button right now and even then it's too much effort. Maybe a free Disney Plus subscription. The faster you cycle. So instead of having to pay for your subscription, you could cycle for your (laughs) pay TV. That's not a bad idea, actually. All right. At the top of the show, we promised you a tale of two potentially troubled acquisitions, one of which is here in Singapore. The story concerns Catalyst-listed Sinjia Land. And among other businesses, Sinjia runs hostels and boarding houses. And it is a target of a reverse takeover by the Sorghum producer. By next Singapore. So why, Ryan? Why is an agribusiness interested in taking over a hostel company? Yeah, so it is um, a curious one. And we, I think you have to step back. What is sorghum, right? And this is where I had to Google what actually really is sorghum. And so it looks a bit like a soya bean. And it's used mainly sometimes for human consumption, some cereals and mainly for livestock and ethanol production. So it's not going to be used to feed their backpackers and the hostels. They are thinking eventually of divesting the backpacker hostel operations and then maybe going to this new core business of sorghum. And maybe for the reasons I cited, maybe they think the energy um, business is going to be big for them. So sorghum could feed into that or maybe livestock business. So that could be something they could want to pivot to because as we've seen in the hospitality and tourism sector, that is still not where it was before COVID-19. And maybe I think, hey, it's time to change. So why is this deal though facing scrutiny? Okay, so here is where it gets interesting when you look at the numbers. Um, They are looking at a reverse takeover by Binax, which is the sorghum producer. And what's worth noting is Binax was only set up in September last year. So it's just barely five months old and so far if you look at the net asset value it's mm-hmm. only around nine hundred thousand dollars but then get this the offer price or the price tag that's on the table is at least two billion dollars more than double and what Xinjiang then has committed to is that they will pay an 80 percent 
price to the valuation of Binax. So that is now under scrutiny. What exactly constitutes that valuation to uh, make it worth that much? And that is just raising a lot of eyebrows and even the SJAX is starting to ask questions. All right. So what do you make of Sinjia's land's replies to the regulator's questions? Yeah, it is still leaving me a bit puzzled. So what they have said so far in their latest filing is that they considered the deal to be the best in the best interest of the company and its shareholders due to the consideration of it being negotiated at a significant discount to its fair value based on the valuation conducted by an independent valuer. So I think this is where we might have to uh, wait for the report coming out from um, the ENY corporate advisors, which they have hired to do this valuation report. So based on that, they could see a new valuation. The previous one they used was between 2.5 billion to 3.1 billion US dollars. So this new EY corporate advisors report could see it adjust its offer um, so we'll have to watch out for this to uh, happen. Sinjia Land trades for about 10 cents a share. Its share price is down 17% since the start of the year. But over the past 12 months, Sinjia's land share price has quadrupled. So we'll keep an eye out to see what regulators think of Sinjia Land's response to their questions and whether this reverse takeover goes through in the end. Okay, let's zoom out, take a look at broader markets this morning and what is on investors' radars for the week ahead. We have earnings, economic numbers, oil, the reopening of China's markets, we're going to take each of these in turn. Let's start with corporate earnings, Ryan. What is on the calendar this week? Which corporate results are you looking out for? Yeah, it's a huge uh, mix of names. And I guess at the top of the list will be Peloton. So not just the earnings coming out. You've got also um, a lot of scrutiny around their business plans in the coming quarters where we've seen just so many negative headlines, um, just you know, characters on TV using their bikes for, and then suffering heart attacks. And you've got their name um, being thrown about as a potential target for the likes of Nike, Amazon, Apple. So I'm sure there's going to be more commentary coming through from uh, Peloton. And on top of Peloton, we have PepsiCo. Um, that will be out I am looking at it on Wednesday night and that will give an indication of where things are for people who sell F&B, food and beverage. In terms of margins, are they able to increase their margins in this increasingly um, inflationary backdrop where we've got just the cost of everything going up? Can they pass it on to consumers or will they have to suffer tighter margins? So that will be one to watch for their Q4 earnings. Uh, if you look at where we are for the rest of the week, a couple of names stand out in the likes of Disney. So Disney Plus again as a competitor to Netflix. Um, that is going to be in focus alongside BP, Pfizer, Mattel, Coca-Cola, Kellogg, and Twitter. So still a few names to help steer market sentiment. So that will be one to watch as we wind down the tail end of the earnings season. So a lot to look out for. If we turn to the U.S. economy now, there are two major data sets to assess. So on Friday, the latest job numbers came out showing that employers added about 467,000 jobs in January, much higher than expected. And this coming week, consumer price data is due out on Thursday. What are we expecting? Yeah, let's look at those job numbers and it was a blowout set of numbers. We are looking at 467,000 in the payrolls for January and that was more than double the consensus forecast of a gain of 
150,000. Even some economists are predicting a decrease. So you have a spectacular beat on those numbers Mm -hmm. and just really showing how tight the labor market is in the US and those numbers continue to improve. And then if you look at what the Fed could possibly do um, with the back of those um, strong numbers is the possibly more hawkish tone that could come forth if you look at how strong the economy is doing and then what could feed into that further is the CPI numbers, the inflation numbers uh, that will come out this Thursday where we are looking at a forecast of 7.2% and that will be above the previous reading of 7% and that could be the hottest in nearly 40 years, adding even more fuel to the inflation fire. So how do you think markets may react to that inflation data if inflation does indeed run above 7%? Yeah, we already have a lot of chatter about how the Fed is expected to hike in March. And then it's now all around how many hikes and how many percentage points or basis points um, from 25 basis points in March. There's now even more chatter. We could see 50 basis points. So just front-loading those interest rate hikes, uh, maybe even more and faster than what people are looking out for. So if we do get those inflation numbers even hotter than expected, that could push up the pace of tightening and also push up those bond yields. Um, If you look at what happened after jobs report last Friday, we saw bond yields push up above 1.9%. And bear in mind, we started the year at 1.5%. So 40 basis points in just barely a month. If we do get really hot inflation numbers, um, the bond yields will go up. And then that could see investors really start to reassess even more closely their portfolio holdings. Do I hold more tech or how much tech and growth names? So that could see another rotation in a more forceful manner if we do get hotter than inflation numbers. The next factor to watch out for this week is oil prices. Brent crude currently trading above 92 US dollars a barrel. West Texas crude not far behind. Oil already up 20% this year. So Bloomberg was running a story this morning that China may end up pushing oil prices even higher. How is that? Yeah, it's all about stocking up. And if you look at how oil prices have been trending, they have already had seven straight positive weeks. So looking at what a oil trader, Vital Group, is saying, uh, they are expecting China to potentially replenish its inventories. And so that could lead to some speculation from financial investors as well to increase their long position. So that just fueling it even more in terms of oil prices. So that is all around how we've had a bit of a break, the Lunar New Year stretch, and then the Chinese um, traders could start to come back into the market to just push things up a bit more. And... On the topic of China, the mainland markets reopened today following a week-long Lunar New Year break. What are analysts saying? Are the Chinese markets likely to start off the year of the tiger with a roar? That is a good question because we've seen quite a bit of pressure recently on Chinese markets. Uh, What's worth noting is last week in Mm. Hong Kong, we did see a a bit of a uh, relief rally when it came to tech stocks. And that could be good news for Chinese markets um, because that could then lend some momentum to the start of the week with 
Chinese investors coming back after a long break, they could start to think, hey, maybe I could ride on this uh, rally for now and pick up some bargains, which have been uh, really battered in recent weeks. And if you look at what happened for a US ETF tracking the CSI 300 index, that gained 1.6% last week, the most in about two months. The Hang Seng China Enterprises Index was up nearly 3% on Friday. Mm -hmm. So that could just uh, mean... Bargain hunters are starting to look at what's out there and they are maybe thinking, hey, the worst may be over for regulatory worries around Chinese tech names. Okay, time for more corporate news and a Monday morning game of Up or Down. Are you ready, Ryan? Uh, let's go. Let's look at Semcorp Industries. All right, Semcorp is going to be um, an up for me. So we've got CGS CIMB raising their target price to 296 And that is with a ad call on the counter. And this is from a price privacy of 251 So up for Semcorp. Yeah, up for me as well. Semcorp has inked a long-term deal to supply power to Bangladesh until May 2033 as well. Semcorp shares rose 3% on the news on Friday. Next, let's look at SGX. All right, SGX, I am looking at a down. And this is with Friday's quarterly um, earnings report where it showed a 8.8% uh, drop to $218.7 million for its first half of FY 2022 ended December. So this was mainly due to weaker treasury income and higher operating expenses for SGX. Yeah, down for SGX for me as well. And what about UOB? UOB, that is down and that is interestingly because of some IT woes. Apparently their mobile app was disrupted on Friday for a few hours um, until actually the early hours of Saturday. So users could not log in and make fund transfers. So they have so far at least ruled out cyber attacks or security breaches. So one to watch today. Down for me for UOB as well. On the back of that news, UOB's mobile app went offline on Friday afternoon. Were you one of the people couldn't log in or no, make a money transfer? I'm not really on UOB as much. So I wasn't as big as... Um affected as um, what most people or many other people were. Yeah, I'm a UOB customer. Thankfully, I wasn't affected, I have to say. All right, let's look at Keppel. All right, Keppel is going to be an up for me. So they are in the news for starting their buying back share program to the tune of $500 million. And this is after a strong earnings report, their highest earnings in six years. So up for me for Keppel. Let's look at Sony. It's been hit by the global computer chip shortage, amongst other things. Up or down for Sony? Uh, in short, it's going to be a down. And Sony has been in the news in the past year with that PS5 um, production issue. Not enough chips to go around. So we are looking at some possibly weaker than expected results coming through later this week. And of course, if you look at what's been transpiring in the backdrop, we've got Microsoft really stepping up with its game game uh, with a possible acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So Sony also facing headwinds from the competition side and it can't get enough PS5s out there. 25 billion US dollars worth of market cap has been lost so far this year as Sony shares have dropped 13%. Okay, one note before we turn to local markets. India's bond and currency markets are closed today and its central bank is delaying an interest rate review as the country mourns the loss of a celebrated singer Lata Mangeshka. She was known as the Nightingale of India and was loved and respected across the subcontinent over a career that spanned six decades. Mangeshka 
died from COVID-19. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 24 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index climbed 2.6% last week to 33.31. How's CSTI trading this morning, Ryan? Yeah, it's worth watching the Singapore markets these days because they are at their highest in two and a half years. So, and that is off a three-day winning streak. Will we stay that way in the green so far? In the green by 0.2%, 3,339 points. And looking at the top movers right now, at least the top gainers, SGX is right at the top, up by over 4% at 983. Sankop Industries also in the green by 2%, 246. And followed by Yanjijang Shipbuilding, Dairy Farm, Jardin. Let's take a look at the bottom of the table. And you've got a slew of Maple Tree names. Maple Tree Industrial Trust down over 1.2%. Maple Tree Logistics Trust down by 1.1%. And Maple Tree Commercial Trust down by 1.1%. So that is the start of the Monday trade. Looking good for Singapore markets overall. Thanks very much, Ryan Huang there in Market View. Coming up on the show at 10.10, how has COVID-19 made Singaporeans reassess their financial health? Uh, There's a study that shows there's a link between financial health and mental health, and that's growing here in Singapore. 31% of respondents say they're worried about the economic effects of the pandemic and uncertain about the pandemic's damage on the economy. And uh, when it comes to individual finances, two-thirds of those surveyed said they were worried about the high cost of living in Singapore in future. We'll dive deep into those results, find out uh, what Singaporeans are saving for, how many Singaporeans have a financial plan, and how many are just not comfortable with their current amount of savings. All that coming your way at 10.05. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.